Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to all of you who made it here. Uh, so glad you made it here, and all of you who are watching online, so glad you're joining us, too. Uh, wherever you're joining us from, my name's Andy. If we haven't met, I'm one of the pastors here, uh, and I am so excited to start a brand new series where we're going to be in the book of Jonah, uh, chapter by chapter over the next four weeks, and so I think it's going to be a great series. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, I do want to take a second. I want to talk about, just real quickly, uh, about our in-person services, what we've been experiencing, and, and just asking uh, those of you who are joining us back in person, uh, the next step for you. And, and so I want to get right to it uh, here for a second. Uh, so on your way in here in person, you saw on your seat there, or right now you're looking at it, a white Say Yes card, uh, as well as a pen there. And, and here's what I want to do. As you're looking at it right now, I want to put this out there right now so we don't get lost on, on what I want to say. Here, here's what we need right now in the 915 service, okay? That's you. All right, what we need is we need 24 new Ridge Kids leaders right now uh, in, in our classrooms in order to do what we're going to be doing starting on March 14th, okay? We are starting this right now to ask that we need this in order to do what we're needing to do and seeing what God's doing, uh, right? Actually, we really need more than that. We need 40 or 50 new volunteers in every area of ministry, uh, but the pinch point right now uh, in order to keep moving forward is that we, we need people specifically in our Rich Kids team. That's babies all the way to fifth grade, uh, so that's a lot of people. That's a lot of kids that that represents, uh, but in order in order to maintain the growth and the balance in our services and our classes, we need, again, at least 24 of you to sign up to be a Rich Kids leader here at the 915 Serves, okay? Now, so here's what's been going on. Here, here's what's happening. Here's why I'm glad to be talking about this. When we started back up here in the summer uh, in our in-person services and we made the decision to get everything ready for it, removing the chairs and getting them groups and getting our classrooms ready and safe for the kids, keeping spacing and all that together, uh, we saw in the beginning a number of you coming, right? Just a number of you coming. Uh, and we were able just to keep up uh, with the numbers that we had. And then, and then here's what happened. Uh, more of you came, and then more of you came, and then more of you came, and you just kept coming. Uh, and now, like, we're not able to keep up uh, with what's happening in, our, in both services. And just to put this in perspective, uh, here's what you need to know, okay? Uh, we are now, from the summer until now, we have seen a 250% increase in our services in person. That's nuts. Like, that's nuts, right? Like, it's awesome. Glad you're coming back, all right? Uh, and it's not just River Ridge is coming back. I just want to let you know. Like, we are seeing more new people come every Sunday, more new families registering every single Sunday. And at our 11 o'clock, we have unique problems in both services, okay? At our 11 o'clock, uh, not the same as in here, our, we are completely full in our adult service. Like, completely, like, there's not any seats available. Uh, and so uh, we, we are trying to, what we're doing right now in the process at the 11 o'clock of asking 30 families to make a commitment to come to 915. That's about 100 people that we're saying are going to be coming here to the 915 services, okay? And so what we're asking is we're asking folks to come to the 915. We will not be able to keep up with the number of volunteers that we currently have in order to maintain and keep a balance on both services and what's happening and what we need to do. Now, again, this is awesome. This is so, I'm just so glad I get to talk about this. Like, I'm not bummed out at all about asking you guys to sign up to serve. It's just an awesome problem to have. We've been experiencing growth, but we need some of you right now, listen to me, I'm looking at you. We need some of you who are not currently contributing and in the flow of what God's doing here to step up and sign up and be a part of what we're doing here. We need you to sign up and, and, and make a commitment uh, to serve here. Uh, and so here's what I wanna do. I want you to look, uh, and, and here's my call. For those of you who are here who say, this is my church, I love this church, I, I attend here, I give here, this is what I do, this is, I say, I'm a river ridger. Here's the challenge. This is my call. Uh, I want you to look around for a second right now. Like, look around. Really, seriously, look around. Look around. Okay, so here's what I want to tell you. When I say 40 or 50 people, it doesn't seem like that many people, does it, right? But, but as you look around, here's the thing. 
about a third of people, that's what it represents, about a third in here. We usually about 140 adults. We're a little lower because of Super Bowl, but we have about 140 adults. That's about a third of people in this service right now that we need. Now, now, here's what you need to start working out if, you haven't, if you're not serving. A third of people in here are already serving somewhere. So take them out. So, so now there's like two-thirds we're dealing with now that have aren't. Now, and then another 10 to 15% in here right now are either new uh, or wouldn't say that they would say this is their church or they're just kind of checking it out. Okay, so that leaves you. All right, like you are who I am talking to. I just want to get you a perspective on this. If you're wondering, I wonder who he's talking about. I'm talking to you. If you say that you're a river and you have not signed up to serve somewhere, we need you, man. It's time, it's time to be a contributor. It's time to be a contributor. It's one of our core values here. And so uh, we need guests services, parking team, we need student ministry leaders, we need all of that, and you'll see that on our card, but our pinch point, I just want to make sure you know, our pinch point right now will be in Ridge Kids. If we don't get the minimum number of Ridge Kids leaders, we're going to have to make some decisions with registering and all that stuff and turning people away, and, and you don't want that, neither do I, I don't even want to talk about that bad stuff, I'm positive scripted right now. I believe you guys are going to sign up, all right, I know 24 of you will do that, it's not going to start till March 14th, and so here's what I believe, everybody, real quick, I believe right now, over the last couple months, and I've seen it, and I've talked to some of you, I, have, I think you've seen more spiritual focus, more sort of renewal in your relationship with God than you have ever before, and you're like wondering, what's the next step? Where do I grow more? This is it. All right, you're not gonna find it by just attending. I'm telling you right now, you can try it all you want. You're not gonna find that next step by simply attending, okay? It's through contributing to the mission. We need you to be a part of this church and a part of helping people and especially kids take that next step. Here's what I want you to know. One leader, look at the back of that card. One leader represents six more kids hearing about God who loves them and, 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 and it helps them grow in their relationship with him. So here's what I want you to do right now. Look at that card, look at that card, take a look. I wanna challenge 24 of you right now, actually more of you, to sign up and, be in, and show interest in, like by signing up and saying, I'm interested in one of these areas, does not commit you yet, it's just saying I'm interested uh, in doing it, taking the next step, you'll shadow, you'll look, we will help you, we will contact you, make sure you're comfortable in all of that good stuff, okay? It doesn't commit you to serving, it's just saying you're willing to consider it, okay? So fill it out, and at the end, you're gonna see these green buckets here by the doors, uh, and you can just drop those in a bucket. Now, what I am asking for you to do is if you do have a pen and card, keep it regardless of what you do. It's your pen forever. All right, I don't want to see it ever again. All right, I put your name on it. All right, like, but but we just want to clean cars and clean pens for everybody else who comes back. So make sure you do that. If you're watching online, uh, I do want to recognize that there are set, a lot of people who are have not yet been comfortable enough to come in an auditorium, but they still come and serve. Uh, that's just what they want to do to be a part of this church. You could absolutely do that too. So right now, as I speak live, if you're on Facebook or if you're on the the church app, you will see the link to click to say, well, I could probably do that. I might not come into in-person services, but I could serve. Do that, all right? So sign up. This doesn't start till March 14th. I want to get that out there. Um, I hope you do this, man. I believe in, in, in our ability to be a great church here, and I think you can do it. So right now, it's your call. It, it, again, it's your call. I want you to think through that and say, man, I wonder uh, if he's talking to me. I am talking to you, okay? So I hope you do that. Uh, it's awesome to see what God's doing here. All right, let's get to it. Right on time. Okay. Uh, we are going to be, over the next four weeks, I am very excited about this, studying uh, about Jonah. Okay, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those out there. Grab them. Get them open to Jonah chapter 1. Okay, so we're going to be digging in a little bit and studying this great book together, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And we're going to spend some time covering the history and context and all that. So I think it's going to be a great, uh, great series. So as you're getting there, I, I do want to start by just asking you a question, though, as you're, as you're getting to Jonah chapter 1. You might need a little bit more time to get there, okay? So here's my question, all right? Have you ever, like, thought about or, like, daydreamed about and said, man, what is something I would love to be famous for? 
Like, what is something that I would love to be known as, right? You ever thought about that? I have. Uh, I think for me, like, uh, professional athletes been out of the cards for a long time. Uh, so I think of other things. And for me, like, I always would like to be famous for inventing something. I want to invent something that's just an everyday useful thing for people. And they use it, and they think of me, and they smile. That was, that's what I would love to be known for. Oh, that guy, that Andy. Man, he, I'm so glad he invented this. Actually, I worked with a guy when I was in my 20s. I worked with a guy who invented a reversible toilet paper dispenser. Okay, that's pretty cool, right? I'm not sure I'd want to be known for that. I'm just saying, but like... He made a lot of money. He actually sell, sold that patent or whatever to a company, but uh, I don't know if that's what I would want. So what is, what is the thing you want to be famous for? What would you want to be known for? We're going to meet a guy. We're going to meet a guy uh, who's actually famous for one thing. Like he was famous in the world, in history, for one thing. He is actually one of the most famous runners in the history of the world. That's who we're going to meet here in a few minutes, okay? Now, don't think track uh, don't think marathoner or anything like that. He is famous, most famous, for running from God. All right, running from God. How would you like to have that attached to your name, okay? Uh, but this is a story about a guy named Jonah, and his, this is where it starts, his personal struggle with God. And I just wonder, right when I say that, have you ever been there? You ever had just a personal struggle, a personal challenge with God? If you have or if you are right now, man, this is a series for you because here's the thing. Even though we're gonna find this is a story about a runner, this is not what the story is about at all. In fact, this is actually a story about the one who runs after us and never stops. This is gonna be an awesome journey for us over the next four weeks. The book of Jonah is actually a story about how a sovereign God loved Jonah and dealt with him and his running and still used him regardless, even though he ran away from him, to accomplish his plans in the world anyway. God, God put Jonah on a mission. We're gonna see that right off the bat. Uh, and, and here's what I wanna tell you. So while we study this great book together and we learn about this guy, learn about God, here's my hope too for you as an individual, uh, if you have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, here's my hope for you that you get stirred a little bit in God's mission for you as well. Because here's the truth, everybody. As you listen to this, as you watch this, wherever you are, if you are in fact someone who says you have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, just like Jonah, you have a God-given mission and purpose on this earth too. Did you know that? And it's individually given to you. Like he, his hand is almost like given to you with a, with a purpose and with, with, a, with a seal for you to, to grow his kingdom and for him to be, be using you on this earth, okay? And so I want us to see that uh, in our lives as we study this story and learn some more things about Jonah along the way, okay? So let's get to it. Let's get going. That was all stall so you could get to Jonah 1. Hopefully you found it. Uh, I would tell you other books of the Bible where it's in between, but that wouldn't help you at all, okay? So uh, maybe you need to use your table of contents. That's okay. So let's get to it. Jonah 1. Verse one, here's what it says. It says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise, go to Nineveh. All right, let's stop right here. Let's kind of get the, the, the stage, the set us for what's going on in the whole series, set the stage. In this whole series, the whole story, there are three main characters, all right? We have Jonah, we have Nineveh, uh, and we got God, okay? So let's start 
Jonah, so Jonah was a prophet at that time. There, there, were only, there was only really one prophet or a couple prophets going on at the time. He was God's messenger. He was the voice of God for his people at that time. So he was a prophet to Israel, to God's people at that time. Uh, and people knew when he spoke, when Jonah spoke, it was directly from God, okay? That, that he had that kind of reverence with people. Uh, he had that kind of relationship with God. And he said things that God wanted them to hear. And during this time with Jonah and the people of Israel, they were actually in a really good, uh, peaceful time. Uh, there was not much that Jonah had to like go, thus saith the Lord to them about. It was just good times. They're they actually experiencing some really good stuff, at least in his territory. But uh, he gets called uh, by God to go to Nineveh. Okay, so now let's check this out. So just uh, here's the current map of where we are. So just to get you kind of a good understanding, there's Italy and, and all that stuff. So, so Nineveh is just think northern Iraq. That's where Nineveh is. And it's about 500 miles northeast of where Jonah is, which is Joppa. Okay, so that's about where it is. Now, 500 miles then is is just forever away. It's just, it's way, in fact, it's not even close to his territory at all. Not even the same nation of people or anything like that. Nineveh uh, was the capital of, of a group called uh, Assyria, okay? It was, it was the nation of Assyria. And Assyria, let's just say uh, Assyria and Israel were not on the same page, all right? They were just not even close to being on the same page. Uh, actually, uh, Nineveh had a reputation too, talking about being famous. They were famous uh, for, for a couple things. Uh, in fact, there was another prophet in the Bible who wrote about Nineveh and what they were famous for, uh, and we're going to see this in the book of Nahum, and the heading of this was, woe to Nineveh. This is what they were famous for. It says, woe to the bloody city, all full of lies and plunder, no end to the prey, heaps of corpses, dead bodies without end. They stumble over the bodies, and for the countless whorings of the prostitute, graceful and of deadly charge. Not a great promotional advertisement to come to Nineveh, everybody. Uh, they need to work on their advertising there, but that, this is Nineveh. This is what people knew of them. This was what they were famous for. They were bad. They were an evil, evil place, known for torture, known for skinning people alive, and, and they were bitter enemies of Israel. So it's a little out of Jonah's comfort zone, everybody. I'm just saying, a little bit out of his like, realm of, of, of going. Uh, it's because in Israel, he's safe. Nineveh, not so safe, okay? Especially with the message that God was about to tell Jonah to send him. So you got Jonah the prophet, you got uh, Nineveh, and, and then you got God. Okay, now that's the good guy. I don't want us to confuse things. Jonah is not the good guy, neither is Nineveh. There's one good guy, it's God. This is the God of grace and mercy and love and a God who wants to give grace and mercy and love to the people he created. Listen to me, even people who didn't even deserve it. That's who we're dealing with. He's a good guy, and so God says, Jonah, my man, my messenger, you need to go to Nineveh, to that city, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah, we're gonna see that quite a bit in this story, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish. I think he wants to make sure that, that you know he did not go to Nineveh, everybody. He said Tarshish three times, right? Away from the presence of the Lord. Okay, so I want you to picture this, just so you know where he went. So I brought the map out a little bit more, all right? So there's Nineveh, uh, there's Joppa, and all the way over there uh, on the east coast of uh, Spain is Tarshish. Literally as far as you could get away from the place that God called. So here's the thing. God said, hey, Jonah, you need to go northeast, and he heads due west, okay? Like that's kind of where we're at with what's going on. Now, uh, before we roast Jonah about this, 
would you want to go? I mean, would you want to go to Nineveh with what you just heard about woe to them and the whorings and all that stuff? Like, I don't know if I would want to go either, okay? Jonah didn't want to go to Ninevites because they were awful people, all right? And so I'm just saying, like, I could kind of see him making a case for that, right? They, uh, they were experts at skinning people and burning people alive and keeping them alive uh, while they did it. And he had to go there and say, hey, God says stop. Like, I'm like, I don't know if I'd want to do that either, okay? Uh, just say, so I mean, maybe, maybe he has some things that would justify his actions, all right? And maybe we can relate with what we know God is telling us to do in our lives. Maybe just a little bit we can relate uh, to saying no to God sometimes too. That we can make a case as to why we say no with things that are way different than going to a city who's a bitter enemy who burns people alive. But I don't want to talk about us. Let's go back to Jonah. Uh, back to Jonah. So he's looking at Nineveh. He's thinking twice. And even though I could see a case that he can make, we still have to see this. What we have to see though is, listen, God clearly says go. And Jonah says no, no. And this brings me to my first point, and I hope you take notes. Uh, here's the first thing that stuck out to me. Rebellion is simply saying no to God. The rebellion is just, it's all it is, all rebellion is is saying no to God at whatever level that you wanna bring up, whether it's not going to a place that is a bitter enemy of you or just saying, no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna listen to what you have to say there. I think when we, uh, I think when we look at a word like rebellion, I think we think of something heinous, right? Or think of something like really bad or scandalous, but really, here, listen to me, everybody. It's just saying no to God. That's what rebellion is. That's what running looks like. It's just saying no to God. It's when we say no because we don't wanna be told what to do. Right, it's pride saying we don't need God's advice in this area. I mean, I'll listen to you over here, I'll go to church, but don't mess with this area, man, that's rebellion. Just in this little area, no, no, no. That's what rebellion is, it's all rebellion, okay? There are all kinds of reasons that we say no to God too. Every single time, it's rebellion to him. Jonah knew what he was doing because he could clearly hear from God. God was very clear on what he needed to do, which goes to my second point, if you're writing this down, is this, is that God's voice now is just as clear now to us as it was to Jonah then. Like God's voice to you right now, what you should be doing is just as clear as it is as it was with Jonah. You know, so many times uh, I talk to people, I talk to people, they come and talk to me uh, about their life or about their decisions, about their relationships, and, and here, I hear this a lot. I hear, man, I wish God spoke to me today uh, like he did back then. It would be so much easier. Like if he just kind of came down and just said, Nathan, right? Like, you know, I just wish he did that. Here's what I will guarantee you. Here's what I will guarantee you, everybody. I will guarantee you in Jonah's time that people were saying, man, if we just had a book with all of God's stuff in it that said, man, that would be so much better and wait for a cloud to come down and say what to do. Listen, everybody, listen, listen. This is, we're in an amazing time in our lives right now. Right now, we, we are in a time where we have God's word, entire word doesn't change, and it contains his wisdom and his direction for every single area of our lives, every single area. Like, it's very clear on what he says. If you're single, if you're married, if you have kids, if you don't have kids, if you're working, if you're struggling, if you're well off, if you're not even close, God's word contains his will uh, and his call for you and, and how you should approach life and finances and sexuality and death and taxes and work and loving people. It tells you how to find hope and rest and, and, and comfort and peace and what you need to do with your relationship with Jesus if you have one to see it flourish and grow and, and find the blessing uh, that, that God wants to have in your life. It has all of that and then some. It has all of that and then some. I think, um, I think, I've thought about this. I think where a lot of Christians are 
in this life, I think. I don't know. I don't know if he would say it or not. But I think there are a lot of Christians that you kind of live in a way where you're kind of waiting for God to come down and tell you something to do. Like he's kinda, you're kind of waiting for him to show himself and speak. Uh, but maybe he's saying, I already have. Like, how are you doing with what I already said? Because, I mean, if you're, not, if you're not doing great with what I already said, like, why would you expect me to come down and, like, give you a voice if you're not listening to what I've already said? I mean, you've never made me Lord of your finances. Never. You've never made me, like, the God of your money. And, and now you got this one thing that you want me to do. That, that, that's, not how, that's not how I work. Like, you've never made me the, the, the Lord of your decisions. But now you got this one big decision that really turned bad, and now you're kind of going for me out. Man, I'd love to work that way. And I can, but that's not really how I made this to work. Just follow me. Follow what I already said and listen to me. You'll hear me clearly. You'll see me at work. That's what I think God was saying. Here, here's what I'll tell you about my own life. I, I actually was just sharing this the other day with my home group. Uh, I've heard from God in ways that I cannot explain to you. Like if I try to explain it, it would sound crazy. Like I'm just, I've heard from God in ways that I just can't explain. Doesn't happen all the time, but it happens. And I was just sharing that with my home group this past week uh, for them something to pray about because I heard clearly from him and I just wanna understand it more. So I'm asking them to pray over that uh, for me. Uh, and so I've been there, but there are also times where I don't hear from God at all. I don't even feel like I have a direction or like I, don't, I feel distant and all that stuff and I don't hear much. And here's what I'm gonna tell you every single time, everybody, just take this for what it is uh, in your own life. How I hear from God is always always directly connected to how I'm doing with what it already says and how to live my life. It's direct, there is a correlation with how I'm doing and what he already says and how to live my life and how I hear from him. So Jonah hears clearly, right? Let's get back. Jonah hears clearly uh, and then he goes the other way. One more point here, one more point. Really hope you write this one down. Not every open door is from God. Not every single open door is necessarily from the Lord, Right? Now listen, if you look at this with Jonah and you don't get all the context of this, if you just kind of read it like with just some other eyes, man, doesn't it just kind of seem to work out, the Tarshish thing, right? Like doesn't it just, he's like, man, like read it again. It says he found a ship uh, going to Tarshish. He's like, man, I just was minding my own business. I didn't even want to go that way. And uh, there just happened to be a boat. And I just said, where are you going, right? And it's a Tarshish. I mean, what are, the, what are the odds of that going the other way, Andy? What are the odds of that? And then I just said, well, how much would it cost to go and I had the exact amount of money I needed, Andy. I mean, what are the chances of that happening? Pretty good, okay? They're pretty good. The odds are actually pretty good. Here's what I'm gonna tell you, okay? Listen, if you wanna find a way out of God's way, it's pretty easy in this world doesn't live for him. If you wanna find a way out of God's direction in your life, it's pretty easy. We have to understand, listen everybody, that we live in a world that doesn't live for God, that doesn't, it's not going the direction of God and, and, there is an enemy from God who would love to get you on his boat going in any direction but God's direction. He would love for that to happen and he is so good, he is so good at making it look like an open door from God. There's so many areas, I'm telling you, maybe you've done this too, so many areas in your life where, and I've heard this from people too, where it's like, man, look how that lined up. Look how, how could God not be in that, man? Like, look at what God did. Listen, if you have to lie about it, cheat about it, be unethical, be sneaky to get around and all that stuff, I'm telling you, take it to the bank, it is not an open door from God, okay? I promise you that, that is not how God works. And I don't care if you have a peace about it in your heart. I do not care. You can have all the peace you want, all right? Listen, I'm okay with peace, I'm okay with peace. Like I'm, I, I think that's what we should get. But I hear that a lot. 
I just had a peace about it. I said, I know that pride was unethical, but I had a peace about it in my heart. Like, I hear that, and I'm like, man, like, having a peace about it is okay as long as it doesn't override or go against God's word, because that peace ain't from God, everybody. Like, I'm, it might be the pizza you ate, but it's not the peace from God. Like, every warm and fuzzy feeling isn't always from the Lord, all right? It's not always from there. So before you step through the door, you better check on whose hand is at the knob, right? You just check on, so man, check the word of God. Check how it lines up with what he already said. Have some godly people, listen to me, have some godly people in your life uh, that are more interested in hearing from God than just saying yes to you. I'm telling you, you need some of those people in your life. So he gets in the boat. Let's see what happens. Gets in the boat, says this. Then the Lord, you're gonna see that a lot in this book. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. Now here's, let's see what Jonah, but Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up, call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. I actually find, I find this particularly interesting. It's kind of funny, kind of funny uh, with what Jonah says there uh, with, with just being asleep, right? Like I just find that kind of funny, right? Um, so, so here's the thing. Uh, if you're taking notes, I, I just want you to take this, write this down. Running from God doesn't just affect me. Running from God doesn't just affect me. I think you know that, right? Like when you're kind of going in the other direction, when you're going in your own way, uh, when you're not really living the way that you know you should or whatever, the effects of sin are not private, everybody. They are not private. It can and does affect the other people around you who you care about. And it can even affect people that you had no idea, that you had no, just like Jonah, like you had no idea that it, it would affect at all. Every decision we make makes us. Every decision we make makes us. And every decision we make costs something, Right? Maybe just a question to ask. I don't know if you want to write this. I don't have it up here. Um, just, I don't know, maybe ask yourself or think about, are my decisions causing people to get closer to God or are they getting in the way of that? Are my decisions causing people to get closer to God or are they getting in the way of that? And note, again, I want you to notice he was sleeping. And here's what I want to notice about our own lives. It is amazing sometimes how people can be completely oblivious to the impact of the decisions they make about other people. They're just completely oblivious. They're like, how did that bother you, right? Like, so I just see that. And, uh, and, and, and I want you to notice the severity of the storm, too. Like, this was not an ordinary storm. These guys were sailor merchants. This was their job. Uh, this was their life. They're out on water all the time. They've seen a ton of storms, okay? This one was a little different because on this one, they were throwing things out that were their livelihood to make money on, and then they were getting the rabbit's feet and amulets out to rub them, okay? Like, I'm just saying, like, they probably didn't do that normally uh, on any other storm, okay? So it, it was anything goes up there on top of the ship. is pandemonium, and where's Jonah? He's taking a little nap, okay? Like, he's just kind of snoozing around, right? And so uh, it's actually interesting. Uh, the, word, the word for sleep here, the word for sleep is this, it's a Hebrew word, and it's actually the same word uh, that was used with when God uh, put Adam to sleep when he made Eve. Isn't that interesting? So it was a deep, deep sleep from the Lord, I think. Uh, and so I just found that interesting. And so the captain comes down, he says, hey, man, have a little prayer meeting upstairs. Uh, you want to join us? Uh, Kind of need you to come pray with whatever God you got coming, all right? And so Jonah wakes up, Jonah wakes up, kind of sees what's happening, sees the storm, and he knows, my guess, he realizes, uh, it's in just a storm. 
This is God. This is God. Here's something to think about. Sometimes God will send a storm to bring us back to him. Now, this isn't the part of God that some of us love, but it's true. Listen, because he loves you. Because sometimes he will send a storm to get your attention and bring you back to him. Gang, when you're running from God, when you're in disobedience to God, just know that every single time, every single time, God opposes that. He opposes that, and he opposes that because he loves you, and he cares for you, and he knows that wherever you're running to is not going to end up with him, man. It's not running to him, and God sometimes will send storms to get your attention about it. Now listen to me. Hear me clearly. I'm not talking about all affliction. Not every single storm uh, that you go through is uh, from God, but I'm telling you, just know, I just want you to know this about him, that there are ones that God will absolutely cause uh, for you to get your attention if you're opposing him and his ways and, and you're not lining uh, uh, up with him. And maybe you're thinking, gosh, how do I know? Like, how will I know if the storm that I was in or the storm that I'm going through or whatever, how do I know if that's the storm uh, that you're talking about? Uh, and here's the thing, like when God sends this kind of storm, uh, he does not hide away from the fact that he's trying to get your attention about it. He won't hide, he's, he's very, very, very clear about why this is in your life. And I'm telling you, so sometimes he will send them to get your attention. But listen to me, every single time he does it because he loves you and he knows what's on the other end of the direction you're headed. Let's keep reading. Verse seven, it's good stuff. I hope you read this because I, I can't even get close to all the stuff that's in here, man. I hope in our groups we're gonna be saying, saying this on your individual time. Get a study guide. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused a terrible storm. This is great. When they did this, I wonder if they did this like 40 times. I don't know how many times. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as a culprit. Surprise, surprise, right? Uh, and Jonah was like, oh, yeah, you didn't have to do that. Okay, why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded. And so he says, who are, this is, who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? I, man, that's great. Jonah answered, here's what he said. I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. Now, again, I find this kind of funny uh, with what Jonah said as he described the God that he served, right? He says, man, I serve the God who made the land and the sea, and, and I just think, and he's like, man, and I'm trying to run away from him on the sea, and I just wonder if he's finally realized, like, oh, that's the God uh, that I'm dealing with. Maybe he's starting to realize who he was actually running from. And so next verse, it says, the sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord, right? They're like, oh, why did we do that? Okay, why did you do it? They groaned, and here's what he says. Uh, the next verse, uh-oh. Did I get to the next verse? Okay, they said, and what shall we do? Oh, wait, did I get to the next point? Oh, yeah. He said, why do you do it? They groaned, and he said, okay. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. I love that word. He said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea, and then the sea will quiet down for you, okay? For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Now, this is great. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, right? Because they're like, we don't want to throw you overboard. Let's cut. You ever done that? Like where, where you're just trying, you're like, let's just try one more thing here. And God's like, go ahead. I mean, go ahead and try, uh, but it ain't gonna work. Okay, so they couldn't get there for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they called out to the Lord. Here's what they said. They said, all right, God, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us the innocent blood. Uh, for you, O Lord, have done as it has pleased you. So they're kind of saying, we're gonna do this. Probably gonna kill him. Don't blame us, all right? Uh, so they picked up Jonah hurled him into the sea, and then the sea ceased from its raging. 
Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Uh, I would too, okay? Like I would probably be in the same uh, boat with them. I mean, if I'm in the middle of a raging storm, uh, as far as the eye could see, uh, and this guy goes, hey, listen, it's not a storm. Trust me, uh, it's God. Uh, just throw me over, and this whole thing is gonna stop. And then the, you skeptically do. You throw him over to the side, and then it's just like Lake Placid. I would also fear the Lord exceedingly, okay? Like, I would be like, what happened? Like, just, it's amazing to me. Just saying, just saying. I want to put yourself there, all right? Now, if you're in your Bibles, if you're reading with me on your phone or something, you're gonna see that I left one verse left in the chapter. This is where we're gonna end. We're gonna end uh, because in that last verse, uh, there is something really powerful. It's a big one. It's where Jonah uh, gets swallowed up by a fish, okay? He gets swallowed up by a fish. And it's where a lot of you wonder, why do you think, well, okay, is this story real? Like, is it... Come on, like did this really, really, come on, man, there's no way that, that these stories in the Old Testament, these stories about, you can't, I mean, do you believe in Annie? Do you really believe that this really happened or can we just take this as an allegory? This wasn't really person, wasn't really a real story. Can we just take the moral of the story and be okay with that? Is God okay with that? You're gonna have to come back next week to find out, okay? Uh, I'll give you the answer next week, all right? Enjoy the Super Bowl. But right now, right now, where we leave Jonah, where we leave Jonah is being thrown off a boat we do a raging sea that all of a sudden just gets calm. And then these once not so God-fearing men now make vows to the God of the universe. Pretty powerful close to the first chapter of this amazing book. Here's what I want to end with, though. Here's what Jonah learned. Here's what God wants you to know before it's too late. Is that you can run from God, but you can never outrun him. Isn't that an awesome thing to think about? That you can run as far as you want. You can turn and go in whatever direction you want. You will never, ever be able to outpace him. He loves you too much. He cares for you that much. And even when you rebel, and even when you run, he will always be there when you stop. Isn't that awesome to think about? Because this is, I wanna tell you this one more time. This is not a story about a guy who runs from God. This is a story about the God of creation never stopping in his chase for you. No matter where you are. You've been a believer 50 years, you're still trying to figure out who God is, you're new to faith. This is the kind of God that you're hearing about. The only God who exists. It's awesome to think about. And we're gonna see, here's the thing. We're gonna see the extent of God's love and compassion and how much he cares for people and how he deals with the Ninevites. But that's not for a few chapters. We're gonna, we're gonna tease this out for a few weeks. We're gonna see the extent of this love. But don't miss this, everybody. Don't miss wherever you are with God. You can run from, but you will never outrun God. Never. He's too big and his love for you is too deep. Now, the state of the condition that you will be in uh, when you stop or when you turn around, that's up to you. That's up to you if you're running it or if you ever run, you know this. Uh, not up to God, it's up to you. But you can always just stop and you can always see God and you can always realize, man, that's who I'm dealing with. That's who I remember who you are and I can't outrun God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. It's time to obey. It's time to turn back. It's time to repent. I need to confess. I need to return to God's call in my life, in my marriage, in my, with my parenting, in my work, and, and all the things that I know I need to follow his way. I need to follow his truth. And listen to me, everybody. He is a God worth following. 
He is a God worth following and worth obeying and worth saying yes to. That's what followers find out. That's what followers find out, that he's worth following because of how he rescued you from sin and death and running and running and the rebellion that you took by taking the form of a human being and coming and dying on the cross for your sins so that he could take those and say, no, 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 I'm running after you. I'm gonna die for you. That's where those will end up, death. And I'm gonna take that. Jesus came to tell you, I love you. I'll never stop going after you. Forgiveness is available to you. And I'm gonna just prove it to you. It's paid, just come back to me. He's an awesome God. He's an awesome, awesome God. I hope you find that as we go through this story over the next four weeks. So, so here's begs the question though, as we end, how much time? Then why do we run from God? <laughs> as I got done with this this week, I'm like, well, hold on. I still kind of run every now and then, all right? I'll admit to you guys, like, every, why do we do it? Like, why do we still run from God? I just want you to wrestle with that question this week in your own life and some of the things that you know God's telling you to do or, or, or the things he's calling you in, and it's just, just worth asking, like, because we've all done it, gang. Here's the thing, we've all done that, okay? Some of you have running stories that you can recall. Some of you are right in the middle of it. You're right now, you're running from God. But I want us to think about this. Why do we run? Why do we run? Maybe, maybe, I thought about this, maybe it just, uh, it, we can just believe what the Bible says about us. Maybe it's, that's why we run, because we can believe what the Bible says about us, that we do in fact have a rebellious sin nature about us, and it, all that does, everybody, just points us to the truth, that we have a God who sent us Jesus, because we cannot get there on our own, and isn't that amazing? It just points us to the absolute truth of who God is and what he did, and we can just see the gospel so clearly, listen, through the running, that's pretty cool. Maybe we run uh, because we think we have better plans, Right? Maybe there's a Nineveh that you know God's calling you to. Maybe there's a Nineveh that he's telling you to do or not do or with a person or that thing that he wants you to do. And it's like, God, I didn't have that Nineveh in my plans. But he's like, yeah, but I did. I have that in your plans. Maybe we run because we just don't know who we're running from. Like Jonah, maybe. We didn't find, we just, and I just want us to realize, man, who we're running from. And maybe you don't have that figured out enough to trust him no matter what. I don't know what your answer is to that question, but I think it's worth wrestling with for all of us. Again, whether you've been a believer forever, we all have running stories uh, to wrestle with. But here's one more question, and we'll be done. Where are you headed right now? Like, where are you running? We're all running somewhere. Are you running toward God? Are you kind of, but just off a little, I'm telling you, over a long period of time, you'll be further away than you think. Or, or maybe you're full-blown on your way to Tarshish. I want you to stick with us over the course of this series. We're gonna tell you about a God who will never stop running after you no matter where you are, and Jesus who says, I love you, I love you, I die for you. He's worth following, I'm telling you, everybody. Let's pray. God, thank you for this story of Jonah. Thank you for the truth that you revealed to us, not about a guy who runs, but about a God who created us and will never stop running after us. It's awesome to know that that's the kind of God that we have. You love us. You have mercy, forgiveness that is readily available and grace that is available to us. If we turn back to you, if we come to you and repent and confess and say, man, I've been running and man, what a God we have. You're not here to point your finger at, but you're here to just embrace us and hug us and come back and say, man, I love you pray we feel that uh, relationship that you want to have with us. I pray that we have a better understanding of who you are through this first chapter. And I pray uh, as we come back and prepare for next week that we start wrestling with these questions that you want us to ask. We love you. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen.